Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. Mega, mega, mega. 
is Rory Sauter. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. Happy Tuesday. I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope it all went accordingly. I hope it was productive. I hope it was fun. Um, and wherever you are, I hope you're having a great week. I have missed you guys. Um, our last show was Thursday, and uh, we had a great show. All our shows last week were, were fantastic. And uh, first and foremost, like I always do, I want to thank the audience. I want to thank the band. Um, the, all, like I said, the audience keeps growing every episode and very blessed and fortunate. Um, and, you know, the, the sponsors, my co-hosts, um, you know, we have all these amazing guests. Um, it's been, it's just a terrific journey and I'm glad I can share it with all of you. Um, we have a lot of breaking news today that we are going to get to. Um, as always, uh, I do want to say that you can find other places. You can find our, um, show just to name a few radio public, Blurberry, iHeart, Stitcher, Castbox, Player.fm, iTunes, and Spotify, just to name a few, and TuneIn as well. Um, that's another one. Um, but, yeah, we're doing really well. We're down, now downloadable and listened to in 15 countries, which is incredible. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just it's really cool. Um, I am joined by my co-host, Josh Halabate. How are you, buddy? What is going on? Doing well. How are you? Good, man. Good to have you. Good to have you here, as always, my buddy, my pal. Um, we have a, uh, a huge show tonight. We have historian, ISIS and Al-Qaeda escapee, political activist, political strategist, and best-selling author, author IQ Al Rasuli will be calling in. We also have uh, a fan favorite and, and a show, very uh, good friend of the show, oil and natural gas investor, foreign policy analysis, businessman, motivational speaker, radical Islam expert, and a contributor to Daily Caller, Clash Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Lives at Daily Surge in the Hill, Dan Perkins. We also have a legislative affairs for President Ronald Reagan, international security expert, Islamic historian, political activist, and Amazon and New York Times bestselling author Valerie Greenfeld will be calling in. We'll also be having leaders of Blacks for Trump calling in at some point um, soon. Um, obviously, the breaking news, uh, you know, there is a lot going on. I do, I do want to welcome um, our first guest who uh, is on the line. Um, hello. Hugh Al-Rasuli? I'm with you. How are you, my friend? So, everybody, welcome to the show. Historian, ISIS and Al-Qaeda escapee, political activist, political strategist, and best-selling author. This guy is doing great things. We had him on the show last week. A lot of people loved it. Uh, we had got good feedback. Uh, it's great to have you back, my friend. You know, obviously, uh, we were talking last week, and, uh, you know, there, there's just so much to talk about, and it goes by so quickly, and we run out of time. But, God, I mean, we, we had so much, so many topics. And, you know, there's a lot I'm going to get to today that I didn't get to, uh, get to last week, uh, which, you know, I want to address, you know, and there's so much. Um, but first of all, I um, – want to get your whole thoughts real quick, Josh, on the whole Kavanaugh situation. You know, there's obviously been a lot of different media stuff going on uh, throughout the weekend, uh, you know, and, you know, it's this whole bashing of him, slandering him, you know, the liberals basically taking down this innocent man that has done nothing. I mean, this guy's done nothing wrong, and – 
it just blows my mind. All of a sudden, he's the enemy. He's the, he, they want his blood. And it's all because the Democratic sheep are leading, the, leading them the wrong way. The, the voters and these, these angry protesters, these crazy mob, uh, God, I mean, they all just, it's nuts. No, you know, you're absolutely right. And over the weekend, the media has really doubled down uh, on the straight slander uh, of Kavanaugh. And, I mean, I've seen it everywhere from, um, you know, the major news sites on TV to f- everywhere all over Facebook to uh, even even on Snapchat, I've seen stuff that they've been they've been sponsoring that is you know just straight up slant you know it's the the cover page as getting to know Judge you know Kavanaugh and it's this ugly picture of him and I'm like oh my goodness and you look at it and it's just it's just a bunch of garbage you know and I've it's it's gotten so bad that people the pro- the, the real problem with this is that people that aren't educated read the highlight you know the the, the the line at the top of that paper, and that's what they go with. They just they just read the highlights and they just read what is put in front of them first, and that's what they go with. So I've just been asking friends who aren't very political, what do you think of Kavanaugh? And all of them, all of them are like, well, he sexually abused. So I was like, no, 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 no. He's been accused of sexual abuse, and on top of that, he's been falsely accused. So, you know, it's it's really our job to start educating people because we already know the media is not going to. No. And, and, that, and, that's, the pro- and that's the problem here. The media, the media is enabling these communists and enabling these angry uh, people to go out and they, they want violence. Hold, hold on, Rory. Uh, enabling is not the right word. They are the communists. These are the people that are in, inciting yeah. all this garbage. It's not even enabling. They're hand in hand. Oh yeah, it's bad. I, I, I want to welcome our. We're we're, we're going to talk a lot about Kavanaugh tonight. I want to welcome um, our next guest, oil and natural gas investor, foreign policy analysis, businessman, motivational speaker, radical Islam expert, and a contributor to Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Live Zet, Daily Surge. And the Hill, Dan Perkins. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. And how are you? Uh, doing well. Good to have you here. Uh, we're just we're, thank you. Uh, we got your friend uh, IQ Al Rizuli on. Um, I know you guys did a show earlier, um, and uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight. But we were just addressing the whole, uh, you know, Kavanaugh issue. Uh, you know, in terms of how they have been going around slandering this innocent man. And, and these liberal communists are want his blood, like they want every piece of him. You know, it's just it, it's something out of a horror movie. It's like it's they're terrorizing the streets, and and a lot of these are paid protesters, and and these are animals created by the liberal media. True. You know. True. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Roy. So yeah, I can hear you. Let's let's okay. So <laughs> I didn't realize going to do this so early in the program, but here we go with a different direction. <laughs> what we what what we what we're not talking about, which is what we sh- not saying that what we're talking about is not important, but what we're not yeah. talking about in this issue is. The fact that the mainstream media has a very 
powerful ability to influence thought, right or wrong, in this country. Right. And it is what it is. It is this very current example. Yeah. That substantiates why Mr. Donald Trump should never stop tweeting, because there is exactly. nobody in the mainstream media who will pick up his cause. And when you have 90% of the, the mainstream media controlled by liberals, you're absolutely right, Dan. I mean, the best way of communication is getting it from the president's mouth, which is his Twitter account. I mean, it's basically addressing it to the people right there. And we have the liberal mob media now trying to go after this innocent man, trying to come up with ice cube stories. And he threw ice cubes at a bartender in high school or college. I mean, are you – is this how – Desperate the Democrats are, but if you if you yes if you look yeah that's how desperate they are. If you look at look at the emotion, look at the people who were after Jeff Flake in the in the elevator. Listen to yeah. the women complaining. Yeah, they're they're making they made this decision before any testimony was made. They made their decisions. And they told the world that he's a rapist and whatever, and he's yeah. and nobody's proven that he has. And and the piece that I wrote, which I sent you this evening, right? I asked the question: Will the FBI believe if they come out and say there is no credible evidence to substantiate the claims against Judge Kavanaugh? And they're going to say that. But you know what? Mainstream media isn't going to accept it. Neither are the Democrats. They're going to attack the FBI report. And I, and I, can, I, can, I saw it coming, and I still see it coming, because the FBI, which they, questioned, they demanded, they got what they wanted. Now they're talking about, well, Dianne Feinstein said today, I don't think a week is enough. Did Clarence Thomas in three days, and right. the the amount of people to be interviewed in this case, the the problem, Roy, and it's really really hard to say this, is that in many cases a percentage I won't say a huge but a percentage of American people, and when it comes to women's issues, women can be yeah. more indoctrinated and influenced by the mainstream media than, than males. Right. Right. Yeah. And let's, you know, let's not, not right. Forget. Not me. Not me. Okay. <laughs> Valerie, You're an exception. <laughs> I want to, I want to no, watch. Do you agree with me, Valerie? Show. Valerie, do you, do you agree with I me or not? No. Um, I mean, I guess real quick, Valerie, I want to welcome Valerie. I want to welcome you to the show real quick. Uh, legislative affairs for president Ronald Reagan international security expert, Islamic historian, political activist, and Amazon best-selling author, um, Ms. Valerie Greenfeld. Go ahead. Sorry, I wanted to introduce you. Thank you. No, I was listening to um, your conversation, and, I mean, I don't know how many women are Democrats versus how many are Republicans, but I don't really measure things by that. Like, that's what the Democrats do. You know, they, they have to put everyone in a box, you're black, you're white, you're a man, you're a woman, you're LBGD, I don't know, you're, you're some kind of box. And, and I just feel like, it's, you know, 
it's better just to figure, you know, let people be who they are and just let it be because this is, this is when you, when you start um, um, putting people in boxes, this is, this is the kind of stuff that happens as, you know, now we've got this whole woman thing um, against somebody who didn't, I, I, I believe didn't do anything and there's no proof of anything anyway. So the Democrats, um, I agree with you, Dan, that they're going to try to say longer, we need it longer, because that was the whole point of the whole of the FBI investigation in the first place, was just to buy more time. And if, if right. Grassley and McConnell, if they give more time, I mean, then they're just, they're, they're digging their own grave. It's, it's ridiculous. Right. We shouldn't have ever been to where we are at this moment anyway, because I think the Republicans forget that they're in charge. And it's like when you have a kid that's telling mommy, mommy, I want ice cream. Well, you know, if you if you if you give in every time, then they're going to keep asking, and and they got to stop it. They got to say no. Right. I'm in charge. I'm I'm the leader, and this is what we're doing, and that's the end of the story. And then they're not going to ask anymore at the at the at the grocery store because they know they're not going to get it. So so Valerie, let me ask you a question. As a woman. Forget about politics, like you said. Forget about Democrat or Republican. Okay? If the uh-huh. FBI comes out and says there's no credible evidence for the charges of the claims against Judge Kavanaugh, will the Democrats walk away from the issue? No. Never. Okay? Because, so it, now, just let me – bear with me for just one second. Okay. So they're going to attack. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Uh-huh. They're going to attack the credibility of the FBI. Okay? Or. Well, let me finish. Let me, let me take it one step further. If, uh-huh. they, if they do that, if they're going to attack the credibility of the FBI, then within moments, I'm anticipating that Donald Trump will say if the FBI is corrupt and even the Congress won't believe the results of their investigation, we should shut down Mueller. Shut down what? Shut down the the special prosecutor. Shut him down because he's (laughs) empowered by the FBI. That's brilliant. That's a good call. Um, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's going to have to have the republic, the con, the the Congress behind him, the Republicans. And I don't know how that will play in the districts during the election. Did you see what happened last week, last night in Tennessee? It was a great, it was a great, in a small town in Tennessee. We President have all these Trump Jewish holidays that are taking over my, my news watching. Yeah. 60,000 people in a small town of Tennessee. People waited for hours upon hours upon hours to get into yep. the venue, and many people didn't get yep. in. But they weren't pissed yep. off. They were there to experience the opportunity to hear the president. 60,000 people in a small town. Well, I'm he telling must be doing you. Yeah, that's quite, that's quite impressive. That's quite impressive. And 
you know, I, I want to get, you know, I too, Al Rizzulli, I want to get to you in a second. I wanted to get to a lot of things, ask you a lot of things. Real quick, though, um, you know, with what we're dealing with, uh, Dan, with, uh, you know, Kavanaugh, um, you, you know, the media is going after him for drinking beer, for God's sakes. I mean, we're, we're dealing with such petty, childish, uh, counterproductive uh, nonsense that it, it's just it's you got to hear uh, Trump made Trump made a funny comment today though about you know kind of how ridiculous this is and you know how he would be the world's worst drinker. He he has the best personality. Right. <laughs> here, well, here we go. Uh, one four. Uh, so if he did lie about his drinking, does that mean you'll pull his? Money? I don't think he did. Okay. I, uh, look, here's here's what I'm just saying. I'm not a drinker. I can honestly say I never had a beer in my <laughs> life. Okay. Right. It's one of my only good traits. I don't drink. Whenever they're looking for something good, I say, I never had a glass of alcohol. I've never had alcohol. I've just, you know, for whatever reason. Can you imagine if I had what a mess I'd be? Would I be the, I'd be the world's worst? But I never drank. I never drank, okay? But I can tell you, I watched that hearing. And I watched a man saying that he did have difficulty as a young man with drink. The one question I didn't ask is, how about the last 20 years? Have you had difficulty in the last 20 years? Because nobody said anything bad about him in many, many years. They go back to high school. You know, I graduated from high school, and, and I, I, while I did not drink, I saw a lot of people drinking. They'd drink beer, and they'd go crazy, and, you know, they were in high school. They were 16, 17 years old, and I saw a lot of it. Does that mean that they can't do something that they want to do with their life? So, it's a very tough thing. I, I really believe that he was very strong on the fact that he drank a lot. And so I don't know where there'd be big. Dis- and I want to, I really, guys, before we get into this big discussion, which we are, I want to play this clip, which is very important. And it really summarizes and, and pinpoints and kind of points out and puts into perspective what we are dealing with as men in our society today, especially with all the bullshit, uh, feminism, me too, uh, garbage, that has came out and, you know, destroyed men's lives, uh, total, total slander, total nonsense. Uh, you know, Trump spoke about this on, you know, the future of young men. I mean, we have to worry because if the due process uh, is, is they're not using it with Kavanaugh and they're, and they're, use, they're believe, automatically saying believe woman, believe the accuser, believe, you know, this is just, it's getting out of hand. Uh, one seven. I think that... Judge Kavanaugh is doing pretty well, it seems to me, over the last 24 hours. A lot is going to depend on what comes back from the FBI in terms of their their additional number seven investigation. But I think that Judge Kavanaugh is doing very well right now. Uh, we spoke, and that's moving along nicely, but I don't want to interrupt what's going on with Judge Kavanaugh. I don't want to do anything to interrupt what's happening with Judge Kavanaugh. And I think the process, I must say, I think hopefully, as Mitch said, they'll have a vote by the end of the week, and it will be a positive vote. But it will be dependent on what comes back from the FBI. The FBI, the FBI is working. They're working very hard, and let's see what happens. Uh, I think he was fighting people that were making very tough charges against him. 
and I thought he did very well. I really did. I thought he did very well. Uh, he's fighting very hard for his reputation, for his family. I thought what happened was really tough. It was tough stuff. I've been watching this stuff for a long time. I've never seen anything like going on with respect to Judge Kavanaugh. This is a high-quality person. This is a number one student, a top intellect. He's, he's never gone through anything like this. I think he did very well. I think he'll be totally impartial. I think he's a great judge. He's known as a great judge. If there's one disappointment, I don't think that you people covered an aspect that's very important, very, very important, and that's what he's done over the last 30 years. You know, you're going back to high school, you're going back to college. What has he done over the last 30 years? He has been spectacular. He has been a tremendous, tremendous success. Well, I heard Lindsay say that, and certainly it's interesting. And people love him. I was in Tennessee last night, and I want to say that those people, we had a sold-out arena with thousands of people outside. Everywhere I go, I'm going to Pennsylvania, it's the same thing. They are so in favor of Judge Kavanaugh. You've never seen anything like it. I actually think it's like a rallying cry for the Republicans. They are so in favor of Judge Kavanaugh. So Melania is in Africa. I just saw on television her walking out of the plane. It was beautiful and saying hello to the kids. Uh, she is really doing a great job as First Lady. No, no, I want to see what happens with the FBI. They're coming back with reports. They'll be back. They'll be back very soon. Are you talking about a second time? I mean, this was Lindsay's idea. Lindsay's a friend of mine, at least for the last six months, as you know. Lindsay's a friend of mine. And, and he's done really a great thing and a great service for our country, Lindsey Graham. But I, I have to say that um, I really think that Judge Kavanaugh is going to be accepted and voted on and positively voted on. But we're going to have to see what the FBI says. They'll come back with a report. Well, it's a tough thing going on. If you can be a, an exemplary person for 35 years and then somebody comes and they say, you did this or that, and they give three witnesses, and the three witnesses at this point do not corroborate what she was saying. It's a very scary situation where you're guilty until proven innocent. My whole life, my whole life I've heard, you're innocent until proven guilty. But now you're guilty until proven innocent. That is a very, very difficult standard. Say it. Well, I say that it's a very scary time for young men in America when you can be uh, guilty of something that you may not be guilty of. This is a very, very, this is a very difficult time. What's happening here has much more to do than even the appointment of a Supreme Court justice. It really does. You could be somebody that was perfect your entire life, and somebody could accuse you of something doesn't necessarily have to be a woman, as everybody says, but somebody could accuse you of something, 
and you're automatically guilty. But in this realm, you are truly guilty until proven innocent. That's one of the very, very bad things that's taking place right now. Say it. Uh, there's not a message now, but you might have a message by the end of the week. You may have a message. You're going to see. You're going to see. But he's an outstanding person. He's an outstanding man. And for his sake and for the sake of his family, I hope he does well. I think he's been very, I think he's been very brutally treated. I've been speaking to people. I've been speaking to people. Uh, we're going to talk later. I don't want to do anything to interrupt what's happening, this process. That's fine, but I don't want to do anything to interrupt the process. Well, I don't drink. I've never had a drink. I don't drink beer. I've never had a beer. Uh, and I'm not saying good or bad. Some people like it. I, I just chose not to do that for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think that I remember my college days, everybody was drinking. It was like normal. I was abnormal. It was totally normal. Everybody was drinking. And they used to drink a lot of beer. And there was nothing wrong. I just didn't choose to do that. But almost everybody else did. So I don't see anything wrong. No, I never tried anything else. Yet. So, wow, there you have it. Wow, that was a long clip. But, uh, yeah, that was President Trump earlier today addressing, um, you know, what's, what's going on here. Um, you know, IQ I, I, Rizzuli, uh, Al Rizzuli, I want to know your thoughts on this whole thing. Donald Trump just stole my lightning. I'll tell you why. While most people are concentrating on Kavanaugh, most commentators and people are actually missing the fact that Democrats are literally destroying the Constitution asserting that the accused are innocent until proven guilty. While the Democrats are yep. using the Nazi communist methodology that accused is guilty until he proves himself innocent. Another item, since there was never a complaint or any complaint to the police 35 years ago or at any time thereafter, how could the FBI be investigating anything? That's what I don't understand. I mean, I'm the outsider looking in, and I seem to know more about what the Constitution of America is than the top-level so-called uh, experts. Dan, tell me if I'm wrong. Well, you know, it's, 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 as we talked this afternoon, it's, it's really a situation where um, we have people who do not – when. I did a you guys, I'll did be a right back. My yeah. TV randomly turned on. Bear with me. I'll be right back. You can go ahead, Dan. Okay. My, my point is that, as we discussed this afternoon, we, we have a situation where I did a, re, a, a, a report on education in America. Less than 15% of the students who graduated from high school in the public schools in the United States have less than a rudimentary understanding of the government and the Constitution and what their rights are. That means 85% don't know squat. And we've got people out there in the public who are, who are considering putting themselves up as experts and having opinion about something that they don't know anything about. 
And this idea that you are guilty until proven innocent, that I believe the fact that that woman opened her mouth, those three women opened their mouth, regardless, regardless of whether or not they can prove he did anything to them, they've already destroyed him because there is a, a number of people in this country, and I heard at the opening of the show, one of your yeah. people was talking about, he's not guilty, he hasn't been charged, there's no crime, but they right. have decided because they've heard in the media and because of their own ignorance that because it was said, it therefore may be true. And once that, once that mental situation happens, you can't reverse it. You cannot convince somebody who believes that, that, yeah, that and that's Judge the problem. You're, absolute, you're absolutely right. You're bringing up the whole fact that, you know, people see something in the media today and they automatically believe it. And that's the problem. No matter how so many goes, times the media retracts. What, Dan? Sorry? I didn't, I didn't, somebody else said it goes both ways. I don't know. I'm not sure, I'm not sure I understand what he means when he says it goes both ways. Who's somebody's on that six one two area code? Who, who am I speaking with? Thank you for calling the Roy Sider Show. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. My name's David. David, where are you at? Of? Minnesota. How can we help you? I was just saying to the uh, comment that Dan was was bringing up. I just said it goes both ways based on where you're at. Because I remember in the nineties when Bill Clinton had all his scandals, that people on the right would quickly jump to the that he's guilty just because of political reasons. So we got to be honest and just say that it, it, it depends on what side you're on, people assume certain things. Everyone on the left assumes but, Kavanaugh's guilty. Everyone on the right assumes he's innocent. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, Roy, I can't, let, I can't let that go by. I, I'm sorry. I can't go ahead, Dan. Go, go ahead, Dan. I love this. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, we're, 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 talking about, we're talking about women who who claimed that while he was governor, he raped Juanita Bodrick and there, there is and, and, and other women. We also have, so we have firsthand evidence of a woman being raped by the governor of the state of, of Arkansas. We, that is a hell of a lot different and he went to and he was impeached for lying to a grand jury about what he did. He was impeached. He wasn't convicted, but he was impeached. Judge Kavanaugh, there was no crime with Judge Kavanaugh. In addition to Bill Clinton, while he was a sitting, I mean, we talk about. You heard the president say tonight, just a few moments ago. Look at the man's life after college. Look what he's done over the last thirty years. Look at Bill Clinton, the hound dog, who was, who was having sexual relations with an intern in the Oval Office while he was president. That's a hell of a lot yeah, different. Look, and so it isn't what goes around comes around when you do that. But what, what I'm referring to is I'm not saying that Kavanaugh's – I believe Kavanaugh's innocent, and I, and I agree that Bill Clinton was guilty. What I'm talking about is the perception. The, the chunk of this country that believes he's guilty, they're doing it strictly on political reasons because they're being partisan. 
So the Democrats assume he's guilty just off the basis of what side he's on politically. But that's what I'm referring to. So this idea that Democrats will be objective or even that Republicans will be objective is just not true. But see, but again, I think, I mean no disrespect, you're, I think you're wrong because the difference here is that when Bill Clinton was doing his roughhousing and, and, and assaulting women, the, the mainstream media had his back. The women's movement did not raise one finger to complain against him and what he did. When Judge Kavanaugh was accused, the women's movement and the media went after him with a vengeance. Instead of yeah. protecting Bill Clinton like they did, they went after Judge Kavanaugh with an vengeance. Had they gone after Bill Clinton with the same vengeance that they'd gone after Judge Kavanaugh, Bill Clinton right. would have never stayed in the White House. And, and, and I, that I don't like my the, point. I don't like the double standard. Real, 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 real quick, I don't like the double standard where you know they'll march for for Trump and they'll march for Kavanaugh and they'll have all these protesters. But there's not a fucking peep from guys like Harvey Weinstein, people like Bill Cosby, Kevin Spacey. These people aren't marching for uh, creeps like that. And they're marching for people that have never been proven guilty. They're marching for people that are innocent men, but they won't march for the guilty men. It, it blows my mind, and we live in a disgusting, like, just, uh, I mean, these people aren't even American. These are animals. These are aliens. These are people from a different earth. They do not belong here. They should not even be in our country, the people that believe in all this communism, socialism, anti-American crap. And I'm tired of it. And if I start seeing it, I'm going to have problems with people. I swear to God. And I've already have, I've already have run into people that, I, you know, I, I, people that are acting like fools and acting like communists. And, you know, they can't even have a proper debate. They don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. It's like talking to a brick wall. There's no logic. There's no logic. Agreed. Not one bit. And you know what? Continue. The guy from Minnesota, continue. I'm sorry. I had to go on that rant. I'm sorry. Oh, that was great. I actually really agree with that. I, I deal with leftists all day, so I know exactly how you feel. But um, oh, you're in, Dan, what I'm saying you're in Dan, Minnesota, of course. Oh yeah, so you know, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the heart of this, this dark blue state. But to Dan's point, I just want to be clear. I, I agree with almost everything you're saying, Dan. The the only point I'm trying to make, and you kind of you kind of elaborated the point I was making, was that depending on people's political views, that's how they respond to the situation. You said it perfectly. The left, the media, the all these feminist groups, which are all leftists, when Bill Clinton was doing what he's doing, they defended him because he was on their side politically. Because Kavanaugh's a political opponent, that's why they're against him. Not because they actually believe he committed the crime, but just because it was politically, you know, expedient for them to do that. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Roy, yeah, go ahead. Roy, I want to ask Valerie yeah. a question. Yeah, Valerie, Valerie Greenfeld. Yeah. I want to ask you this question: Are the are the women who are protesting against? Judge Kavanaugh, are they protesting because they are Democrats or because they are women? I can answer that, but I'll let Valerie go ahead. I think it's because they're Democrats. And because (laughs) that's that's the belief they have. That's where they 
you know, where they stand on the issues. And the problem is that, you know, this is taking on kind of a, a life of its own in, 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 foreign con- in other countries. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing from different people in different countries saying, you know, this is like primetime news there. What's going on in the United States with regard to women? And it's, it seems to be taking, you know, it's a life. Hopefully it'll take a life of its own in Iran, you know, or places where actually changes can be made that would be really change the history for these women. Um, but like you said, you know, they're, they're, the, the women in the Democratic Party are willing to stand up for anybody that is in their party, but they're not willing to stand up for anybody that, that they disagree with. And that's not will, really women's rights. That's, that's Democrats' rights. And, you know, they claim to be otherwise, but, but it doesn't, it's not logically making sense. Because even the day after Trump was elected, they had that women's march, except it wasn't a women's march. It was a bunch of women who were Democrats that were, that were um, saying that Trump shouldn't have been elected. That's not a women's march. I think it, the, all of this is the, is the language or the lingua, lingo that is being used that is it's very misleading. Um, and we as our conservatives are allowing that to be misleading. We shouldn't continue saying the lingo that they created. We should create our own so that they can't keep getting mileage out of it. What do you Thank you, very well, Very well said. And I, I want to I get thoughts from the leaders real quick before Black for Trump goes IQ Rizzuli, we're going to get to you in one second. Josh, go ahead real quick. I know you have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, you know, specifically I wanted to just add... And minute, by the way, real quick, because... real quick. Minnesota, stay on. I like you, Minnesota. Stay on, Minnesota. First time <laughs> on the show, but I like you. Um, great, great call. Great random caller, man. This is awesome. But Josh, continue. Yeah, you know, I just want to add to what Valerie said. You know, she hit the she hit the nail on the head there, and I just I just wanted to add some a little bit of extra just fire, uh, some wood to that fire. In being that we know it's not a women's march and it's a Democrat march because pro life organizations, pro life and pro life groups that are primarily women's groups wanted to be involved in these marches kind of to diversify and make it a true woman's march. Those groups were sent away with no, uh, no exceptions. They were not allowed to attend when they did, they were harassed and um, you know, and they were, they were told that they would not be accepted by the rest of the March. That's how we know it's a Democrat March and not a women's March. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very well said. Go ahead, Valerie. No, I was just going to say, I, I had some friends that wanted to be in the march. I thought they were crazy, but they were actually asked to leave. So, wow. I don't know. Um, I can tell you that I have four boys, and I'm concerned about their future because, you know, if they sneeze the wrong way, who's going to sue them? And, you know, it's not, it's, it's just the kind of world that they're growing up in right now. It's crazy. I mean, if you want to be successful, you have to join, you know, the party that, that you, you know, you, you have to be so careful with everything that you do because who knows who's watching and who's going to, you know, make uh, video what you're doing and put it on YouTube. I mean, who knows what's going to be. And it's, 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 it's sad. I don't know what else to say. You know, people should be able to drink too. a beer in college and not be persecuted for it. 
Absolutely. And this whole Me Too thing has turned into a whole superior sort of thing of anti-men, you know, take down men, you know, even if they're innocent. I mean, it's become this thing where uh, women want to be the dominant ones. I mean, women want to go to whatever extent, whatever level possible to make sure that they're driving the car, they're running the show. Um, And it's gotten out of hand. I mean, this is it, I agree. There's, it becomes so aggressive. Yes, yes, and it, it's you know, and I, and I classify it, and I talk about it on my show all the time. I classify it the same thing as terrorism. It's no different than terrorism. Feminism is terrorism. I even have shirts uh, that I sell on my site <laughs> with blood dripping down, saying feminism is terrorism. It's so it's so That's true. Right. I mean, it's these these women are grow. These women are terrible. I mean, they're un, they have bad hygiene. They they just uh, got in there and just so There's so many bad. I just ah, God, you can't even get near them. Like they just <laughs> who's laughing? Oh, so <laughs> but no, I'm just saying they're repulsive creatures. These are these, just like Trump would say. These are not people. These are animals. <laughs> no, but you know I'm I'm just serious. It's terrible. But uh, here's the thing. Please, I, go ahead. Rory, I just wanted to make a comment about that because, here, you know, it's like the it's women true, are supposed though. to be I'm so not moral. That up. If you go up and smell one of them or get close to a feminist, <laughs> I mean, they believe in a lot of weird shit. And you can see some of their recipes and, all, oh, my God, there's a bunch of weird stuff they do. Go read, oh, my God, go read some of their articles online of what they write about. You don't even want to know. It's, it'll... It's like something out of a movie. It's disgusting, but keep going. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So what I was going to say is, you know, if the woman Ooh. is taking the high ground and saying, you know, <laughs> that they were, they were sexually abused, right, how can they also say that they're moral and taking the high ground when they're destroying someone's life? You know, I mean, you can't have it both ways. You have to, you know, you have to, if you're going to be the, a good person and, and make good social decisions, you can't be destroying somebody else at the same time. They don't go together. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. I, I, what, I, I, would, I what, would somewhat disagree with you there. Um, I think that there is, there is uh, a certain element within, within women that um, develop a sisterhood uh, and an emotional bond with women who have been abused, and uh, it may not necessarily be because they're Democrats, but I think they do they do go and do things that um, uh, most women probably wouldn't accept as as an acceptable thing for a woman to do. You know, if we think about it from the standpoint of a society, we have men and we have women, and since the beginning of and time, LGBT. they've had, they've had different different responsibilities and different jobs. And if women were the nurturers and the men were the hunters and gatherers, if we now have women moving away from nurturers, what is it going to say about how our society is going to evolve? That's why I'm afraid for my boys, because they're you know they they can't win no matter what they do. You know, if they're macho, that's bad. And if they're too soft, that's bad, too. 
so, you know, they can they be themselves and get through the day without being accused of something? Getting, getting tough to do. Now, I agree with yeah. you that women, that, you know, any woman that has had any kind of emotional issue was going to bond with other women that have had those issues. That makes logical sense. But when you're voting on somebody for a Supreme Court justice, you know, they should – I, I think women in general should put that aside and not, we're not judging him on that. We're, ju- we're supposed to be judging him on whether or not he's been a good judge. And I think this whole thing just took a life of its own. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, we've forgotten why he's even, um, you know, in the committee. This isn't, this, the whole thing is, is off kilter. It's not supposed to be about women's rights and women's, you know, sexually being sexually exploited. It's supposed to be about whether the guy's a good judge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to get to IQ uh, Al Razuli, but first, real quick, leaders of blacks for Trump. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you doing? Doing doing well. Good Hello? to have you here, Michael. Um, have you you've been yes, at the sir. rallies, haven't you? Yes, sir. I've been to a few of them. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm still were you at any of them the last? Were you at uh-huh. any of them the last couple of days? Um, I didn't go yesterday. The day before yesterday, I, I forgot what I have been to so many cities. I've actually forgotten the, what city I was at. <laughs> I was at uh, a few of them. I had a ball, and you know Trump pointed pointed me out again. And you know, he's the greatest president in history. But he's in mortal danger right now because this is just the preamble to impeaching him and destroying him. So I'm sad because everybody's trying to figure this out, trying to figure that out. When in actuality, our founding fathers already gave us what to do. It's called follow the law, the Constitution, which comes from the Bible. But if you bring up the word Bible, Constitution, God, any one of those things, your score is a blocked off. You can't, they don't even want you to talk about that because that is what civilization is. It tells you exactly what to do from every angle. 613 laws. The Bible says you've got to have two witnesses to find anybody guilty of any sin, even if they broke the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. But nobody yeah. wants to hear that. It says you've got to have two witnesses, and they must tell it right then. That's what the law says. And uh, James Madison, he actually put that in the Constitution in Article 3, Section 3, Number 1, says you must have two witnesses or three witnesses to find anybody guilty of any treason in America or their confession. Why did he say that? Because he says in, in the Federalist Papers, Chapter 43, 6 and 7, it says the reason why the founding fathers said you must have two or three witnesses is because people who don't like you might make up false evidence. So the same God that said you must have two witnesses who wrote that during the time that we were building pyramids and doing brain transplants more technologically advanced than what we are today, he didn't want to hear about no no um, fingerprints and all that. He said, bring me the two witnesses, and if they're found to be lying by separating them one from another at the same time and questioning them, and if one says his pants was yellow and the other says his pants was blue, and they keep having inconsistencies, then what was going to happen, person that was accused now happens to them. That keeps people from accusing you falsely because 
Genesis 17, 1 says, the law of the Lord is your shield and your protection. Well, we're now unprotected because we're doing Proverbs fourteen twelve, which says, trust in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding, because those who lean to their own understanding is going to get you killed. That's Proverbs fourteen twelve and Proverbs 3, 5. You're not supposed to be having your own ideas on how a thing should go. Just go to the 613 laws of God. That's why Joash was such a great king, even though he was seven. He would just say, well, what does the law say about that? And then he would make his judgment on the law, which is how they say Kavanaugh is. He always goes by the Constitution. They got to keep him from out of there because if he goes by the Constitution, they won't be able to do abortion because thou shalt not kill comes in into play. But they still have us arguing on all this stupidity. What should we do? We're trying. You don't have to figure out what to do. If you just do what God says and do what our founding father said, then you will avoid Malachi 4, 1 through 8, which says, if we don't return to the laws of our fathers, we shall be cursed with a curse. And the earth shall be burned like the oven Because that's what it's leading to It's going to end up being a war in America And Second Peter 3, 6 I know my white brothers, you're the greatest You're the greatest warrior But God said, if we fight this time like we did in the days of Noah He's going to kill everybody by fire You can whoop everybody, but you can't whoop God The only hope is to return to the laws of God, which is if you look at Trump, that's what he's doing. He's just using the logic of God. Like, you know, for example, hey, take it taxes down to 10%. Now, where the hell you think Trump got that from? God said, pay me tithes, which is a tenth. That makes sense. Now you can do business in America. But if you guys don't follow Trump and stand up like Trump and stop trying to figure out a way to get around it and, and try to, you know, we're going to all be destroyed. So, I am to Trump what Joseph was to Pharaoh. I am to Trump what Nehemiah was to Cyrus. Trump is Cyrus. He's the conqueror. Don't you see he's conquering everybody? I am just a Bible caller. I just call scriptures. I'm no really nobody. I was talking about Yahweh Yahweh and I'm just I know I give scriptures and I send it to his his, his Twitter and everything and he just seemingly uses them. Maybe he's not using them, but boy, if he's not that man is on the money. And if we keep going in this stupid way, we're gonna lose him. We got to win the midterms. We have to we gotta stop you know, we got we got a little problem here like Jeff Flake. This guy is not with us. He is a demon crat. He is a Confederate rebel hiding under the Roman Republican. He's a rhino. This guy was there to destroy any Thing we have to do with helping ourselves out of slavery, he votes against it. And they take turns. It's just nine of them in the Senate. Trump has to replace them, and he doesn't replace them all. He just got to gain more Republicans that believe in God and the Constitution. If we don't go back to the Constitution, Rory, we're doomed. No, I hear. Chatter. I hear. Just go God's way. And, you're, and guess what? Last statement. You don't have to worry about anything. There's more that be with us than be with them. White European Gentiles are 74% of the electorate. All we have to do is, with me just standing beside Trump, I don't even have to talk. What it tells them is that they don't have to vote the stupid way to hurt themselves in their feeble attempt to apologize to black people for slavery. 
just go ahead on and vote and to make America great. Just do yeah. that. I am <clears throat> what Trump called me says, you gave the deplorables permission to vote for me. That's what he told me at yeah. the airport. It made me cry. Yeah. You understand? And when he first it said, good, good you guys are the guys that uh, give me a chance. And he almost cried when he said that. I was the first guy he made that statement to because I was in that audience yeah. when he made that. And he yeah. always refers to that. So that's what's right. got to happen, my brother. Yeah, and and, you, and you're the leader. I mean, you're the leader. You're the leader of Blacks for Trump, man. You're in every headline newspaper. I mean, you're everywhere. And you've made a huge impact on the black community, and you've done a lot. Uh, let, let's face it. When Trump won, the black uh, approval rating was only at 8%. Now it's at 36%. Michael, you've had a lot to do with that, man. 41% You're... now. 41%. It's at 41% right now, Rasmussen. Wow. wow. Very nice. You're very nice, and Excellent. This is this is perfect. Uh, I want to go to Josh, and, and then really I want to go to uh, – It's really at 70% because most of the black people are afraid to say that they're for Trump. Yeah. So those people that yeah. don't say it who are quietly yeah. saying it. They believe in yes. Trump. They just don't want to get excoriated. You, right. my white Gentile brothers, got to do what warriors do, and he gives us a platform to talk. They even cut off Kanye West on Saturday Night Live the other day. Matter of fact, let him talk. matter of fact, hey, out. hey, let's Lips talk. Out. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, let's talk about that real quick. I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot. I'm going to play this clip real quick, and then we're going to ask you about this, and I want to ask everyone about this. And uh, this, what they did to Kanye is shameful. And uh, Candace Owens talks about it in this clip right here. One eight. Well, Kanye West made headlines over the weekend when when he went on Saturday Night Live and wore a "Make America Great Again" hat. He also criticized Democratic policies and liberal bias in the media. They bullied me. They bullied me backstage. They said, "Don't go out there with that hat on." Ninety percent of news are liberal. That's what I always never You know, it's like the plan to get. Our next guest is someone that Kanye West is actually a fan of, their friends, communications director at Turning Point USA, Candace Owens. Candace, thanks so much. I remember when you spoke out in favor of the president and then Kanye liked what you said and y'all became friends and met. What was your reaction as to what he did in the after, in the after show at Saturday Night Live? Oh, my goodness. I had tears in my eyes. I cannot tell you how happy I have been for the last 24 hours. A much-needed reprieve from the Brett Kavanaugh debacle was Kanye West stepping on stage and saying what has been needed to be said for a very long time. Look, there is no doubt that he is one of the bravest men in America right now. The left has declared war on our American values, and Kanye is fighting the cultural front. Yeah, uh, here's what the president tweeted out afterwards. Like many, I don't watch SNL, even though I passed, hosted it. No longer funny, no, no talent or charm. It is just a political ad for Dems. Word is that Kanye West, who put on a MAGA hat after the show, despite being told no, was great. He's leading the charge. So this was in the after the show show when he was there. And they, evidently the crowd started hissing and the, and the cast was rolling their eyes. But he has not paid a price at the, uh, I guess we, I would normally say the record store, but in the music industry yet, he's still selling well. 
That's exactly right. And, and look, the president is, is so spot on when he talks about this show uh, being leftist propaganda. I could not believe my eyes. I only watched it because Kanye West was performing, and he's my friend, and I wanted to see what he did with the show. Had no idea he was going to put on a MAGA hat. And quite literally, there was a segment where they were just over and over again saying Brett Kavanaugh cannot be confirmed, almost giving permission for the people that watched that show to be violent, as we've seen on the streets, to protest his hearings and to feel that they were justified in their actions. It's unbelievable. So what Kanye is doing is unbelievably brave to stand up to the mob, to put on a MAGA hat and to say, I support this president. And beyond that, I'm not sure if you saw his Instagram post yesterday where he wore the hat again and he said that this hat represents bringing jobs back home to America. It represents making sure that Americans well, are taken care of. What did he say about the 13th Amendment, the thir- yeah, yeah. He, was, he was tweeting out, uh, abolish the 13th Amendment. Well, that's the sl- it's a, abol- 13th Amendment <laughs> abolished slavery and involuntary servitude and also allowed prisoners to be used as slave labor. What did he mean by that? He kind of walked it back in the next, next few tweets right. after that. That's correct. He walked it back. I think that um, it goes back to what Kanye said about slavery being a choice. I think in many ways, um, Kanye believes that the, the amendment did not abolish slavery whatsoever, and we very much are still slaves. And that's something that he's been fighting and has been saying that. So I'm not sure exactly what he meant by saying abolish the 13th Amendment, but I do know that he believes, as I do believe, that black people today are still enslaved. Today, mentally, in the past, it was our bodies that were enslaved. Right. Uh, and Reconstruction, we know, is a disaster. Uh, so, and it's it's that if, there, if we did it right in the 1860s, we wouldn't have had a 1960s, but we didn't. Um, but we'll talk about that. And he also pointed out that a lot of Republicans, uh, for the longest time, were the place to go for the African-American vote. But it's something switched in the 60s. That's correct. And, and I've spoken about this all the time with um, Lyndon Baines Johnson, which in our school systems, it is taught to us that Lyndon Baines Johnson is the best president that ever happened to the black community, which could not be further from the truth. His Great Society Act, which proliferated the welfare state. Think about what that's brought yeah. Americans today. $22 trillion paid into the welfare system, and black Americans are poorer right. today than we were in the 1960s. Even though that might have been intentional, it's been the unintentional consequences. Right. Candace Owens, thanks so much. Wow, she is always so spot on. I love her. Um, Josh, go ahead, and then I'm getting to IQ Al Rizzuli. And then Dan. Yeah, you know, you know, real quick, Kanye, it's very interesting how they love you until you rep someone that they don't like. They love you until you make your politics known, but only if your politics don't agree with their politics. You know, it'd be one thing if Hollywood and all the, the you know, the mainstream – uh, media said, we don't like talking about, you know, we don't like people who are super pu- public with their politics. That'd be one thing. But no, what they say is we don't like people who disagree with our brand of yep. politics. If you disagree with us, yep. we're going to bully you and you're, we're going to blacklist you. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And um, yeah, IQ Al Rizzuli and then uh, Block for Trump. Hello. Go ahead, buddy. Well, everybody is right. Uh, if the wave is 41% among African Americans, then Trump will do very well during the midterms if everybody goes and votes. And that's what happens. I mean, well, that's what should happen. In a previous talk with Dan, was an hour ago or more, we said exactly the same thing. Americans who believe in the Constitution, believe in American exceptionalism, who are patriots and intelligent should go out and vote even if they had crutches 
or on wheelchairs. This November election will decide the future of America. And that's not an opinion. This is a fact. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's the scary I mean, that's the real scary part. I mean, I'm really thinking about that in detail, but Blacksburg Trump, go ahead, buddy. Michael. Oh yeah, well I, I'm I'm proud of Kanye West. I know that he walked, went on my site one time and it it panicked him. And he, he turned against the the Repub- I mean the Democrats completely. And I'm proud that he, he has kept going strong because they are freezing him out now. They don't somebody videotaped it, that's how it got out. And then it got on Fox News and then T M Z played it, so then all of the other networks played it because SNL tried to stop him. Just like they let they let Muslims, they let the Black Panthers, they let everything that's in opposition to Republicans on Fox News that's black. They let Candace Owens because she's a black woman because she has some power. But a black guy like me, they don't let me on there because I'm going to give them the Bible and the truth and let everybody know that white people are not our problem. White Republicans are the ones that feed us. But do they want to hear that? No. So they keep me off. So only one, I forgot the name, is One TV and Rory and some other radio stations around the country always interview me and let me talk. But the other people, they let me talk to them, like New York Times, so I stopped talking to them. They let me, they, they let me say something, and then they take it and twist it. So I'm not, I'm not talking to them anymore. I'm talking to the Gentiles because you're the ones that's going to free us out of this because you really have the voting power. All you got to do is stick together. And what I, all I am is permission. To go ahead on and vote, right, and stop trying to – because I know how white people are. They want to apologize us so bad that they'll vote themselves into 81% in taxes for Hillary just to apologize to me. Damn apologizing to me. Just go ahead on and make America great and set me free. Let my people go. You understand? That is their how do we do – yo, how, now let me ask you. Let me ask you. This is yeah. a really good question. I'm sure everybody on the line wants to know the answer to this, and I hope you can answer, and I'm sure you can. What is the strategy to getting more of these blacks off the Democratic plantation? Strategy is simple. Uh, Revelation 11, 8 through 13 says, And when they see the two brethren stand together in unity, a great fear will fall upon the heathen, and the people of earth will rejoice. Why? So who are the two brethren? The black man and the white man is the the Hebrew and the Gentile. Once we are in unity, so when they saw me and Trump on stage together, that's when the white Gentiles came out and drove and voted for all the way for Trump. See, black people is only 13% of the population. We can't win or lose the election. What happens is the, the independents and the millennials and the other other um, never Trumpsters, they look, and it, it looks like black people are crying. It looks like because the Republicans are racist and dip bullies. They'll go and help us by voting for the Democrats. But if they see me, all it takes is just me. Or if I can, especially if I can get my brothers to just stand with Trump like we did when he was winning the election, and then get uh, Steve Bannon and other guys like him, the alt-right, and have the far left, the black. Because he's doing what Jesus, Trump did, what Jesus did in, in Luke 14, 16 through 23. It says, go into the highways and the byways, says the Lord Jesus, and invite everybody. 
to the invite, invite everybody to the party, the good, the evil, the weak, the sick, the lame. In other words, to have everybody. So when Trump had me and then he had Steve Bannon all the way on the right, he running down the middle. We got all of our white brothers to come out and vote, and we beat the hell out of them after all the cheating they were trying to do. And after they were so sure they were going to win with all these lying polls, we whooped their ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right now, they moved Steve Bannon out the way, and they trying to keep me out the way. You know, they got people right in Trump's camp. Trump is not like that, because every time he sees me, he says, Black for Trump. That's my friend there. That's Michael. Why is he like that, then? They, some of them struggle to keep me from behind. So I had to tell on some of them, I'm going to write a letter to him again, and if they block me again, I'm going to go directly to him. Because what's good about it was whenever he sees me, he makes a beeline towards me, and, we, you know, we don't really hold long meetings and conversations. We just do a little chat. You're the greatest. No, sir, you're the greatest. No, you're the greatest. No, sir, you're the blacksmith. You know, so now I'm going to have to do what I had to do for a few other guys. Just tell on them because we have to stop them from blocking me. Because all that has to be seen, the Bible says what has to be seen, is when they see the two brethren stand together in unity. That's all it has to be. And be, be, you, you notice, I don't even talk when I'm on stage. I just get on stage and hold up a sign, Black for Trump. And everybody wants to take a picture. Why do they want to take a picture? Because they want to show their friends that they're not racist. And why do almost all those pictures go viral, according to the lady from CNN, uh, they telling me that? Because everybody's trying to prove themselves, prove their innocence. So what they do is they just show me. You understand? I don't even have to hold a conversation. Then they go to my website, and I show the proof how Trump is not a racist and how it's not white Republicans that are a problem. Those are the, those are the emancipators. What the hell is wrong with you people? White people are my blood brothers. You understand? So the answer to your question, Rory, is, I must be seen with you, right? And and we got to avoid the very appearance of evil. That's why I tell you, don't use the word nigga. Don't worry about that. Just I can use it, but you can't right now. Okay. But all we got to do is show the love one to another, and they are dead. They can't win because there's too many of us, and Trump was smart enough to make sure that none of the MS-13 cheaters can come in and cheat on the boat. He got rid of them. He getting rid of them bastards. So now it's going to be... Choose you this day whom you shall serve, God or the devil. So white Gentiles believe in God. They're going to vote for God. They're going to vote for Trump, and we can win. But if we make a mistake and leave that man out there by himself, because I look at his rallies, it looks like all nothing but white people behind him. You can't do that. They don't even consider black people that look like regular black people, like Condoleezza Rice and all them. They don't consider them black. It has to be a black man like me. He had to have gone to jail before because if you don't have his degree in jail knowledge, he is not a nigga. You understand? The only way you are a black man is to be a black man like me that other black people believe in. They don't believe in Alan West and, and the other guys. They might as well be white people. I'm a real black man. So when they see a real black man that they call a, what they call it, uh, uh, not a racist, a black supremacist, and they're calling Trump a white racist. What a union, the black man and the white man together. He's not a racist, and I'm not a supremacist. But since you want to call us that, how do you explain us together? That's all it takes, Rory. Get us joining together in unity, like me and you are doing right now. We're on the radio together. You get that, inf- that information out, that kills them. You understand? That yeah. wipes them out. Just the view, the sight of us together is the yeah. destruction yeah. of the devil. 
I mean, think because about it. The white man gets up here and starts fighting, boy. We're dead. Yeah, God's gonna kill if you really, if you really look at it, though, if you really look at the whole picture, we're all each other's niggas in, in, terms, in terms of being Trump supporters. Right. You know what I mean? They call you white niggas. That's what Wallace, George Wallace, and Robert Byrd, <laughs> I got them on video on my website. He said, I've seen a lot of white niggas in my time. What? <laughs> whoa, whoa, so whoa, you're whoa. a nigger, and I'm a nigger. That's what he said. That's what he said. Then they call you deplorable. Then Peter Strzok said you smell. Guess what? They say the exact same thing about black people. We're the only ones that broke white Gentiles and black people. What the hell is going on? But they got us fighting against each other like we're each other's problem. You know, it's the most insane crap I've ever seen. And then when you're trying to bring it up, they cut you off. They don't want it to be heard. They want to talk about everything but what the real problem is. The sons of perdition must be revealed as that is the Canaanites, the Hamites, and the Ishmaelites. They are not all going to hell, just the nobles of them, the ones that are, that are at the top, that own everything. The rest of them going to go to heaven with us. Read Revelation 7, and 13 says every nation, prison, and tongue will go to heaven in the last day. It doesn't say everybody but Ishmael. A lot of Ishmaelites are mad as hell. But these, these noble Ishmaelites, the Saud and all these bastards that think they're going to get away. We're going to leave fuck up their ass. That's what's going to happen because we got a brother on here right now that is, is from the Middle East. And this brother is a real warrior going the other way. So he is there ass whooping. When he when he gets his opportunity, do you know how much of an ass whooping he gonna put on these nobles <laughs> who've been dogging us like this? Is? We gonna beat the living hell out of these people because they trying to get us to fight each other when they're the problem. I'm not letting them get away with this. And they were smart enough to own the media. They had no idea a white guy named Rory was gonna have his own damn radio station. Where does this white boy, this white nigga, come from? <laughs> he got my little black man talking to people. Oh my God, we're gonna die! You damn right, you are going to die, Saul, because Psalms eighty-one to five, King David said, "Oh Lord God Yahweh, please destroy the nobles of them that are doing this to us. Not all of them, just the nobles. They are in trouble. You understand? So that's why I'm proud of you, Warren, and I'm a, I'm proud of Kanye West. I'm proud of the brother that's on the phone with us right now." I'm proud of all these brothers that are standing up. I'm proud of my white Gentile brothers for, you know, Revelation 12, 10 says that they will cast out a flood of controversy and propaganda against us when they see that they have lost. But then you will swallow it up. The earth, which is the people, will swallow it up. That's why when you look at Fox News, white Gentiles say, I don't believe nothing. When you listen to one TV, no, they lying. They they swallowing it up because they used to just tell Gentiles, hey, he raped a girl last uh, 40 years ago. He's done. Herman Cain, he's done. Everybody that's righteous, all they got to do is bring up something. He has to drop out of the race. Now y'all are swallowing right. up all this false propaganda, finally. And that's what Kavanaugh represents us. He's swallowing yes. it up. He's causing up yes. the face. I don't believe nothing. Why didn't y'all say that to Bill Clinton? I mean, what's that guy named Bill Clinton? Why didn't you say that about um, that, that dude that 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 beat up his wife? That he's a black Ishmaelite. He Keith beat Allison, the hell out of his the wife. No, but it's Muslim. Keith Allison. Yeah, yeah, I know you talking. Yeah, that's his name. 
this little ugly fat punk Negro who act like he a black man when he's really an Ishmaelite. Well, we gonna put foot up his ass too. This sucker here is the same sucker that gets. The Bible said they will hurt us, break all the laws, Zechariah eleven five, Zechariah eleven five, and hold themselves not guilty. But we're guilty of a thirty six year old offense that we don't know where it came from, where the house was, nothing. Just some cross eyed blind white girl that y'all all are afraid to say that she's a lying bastard and she is. I don't care what you say. She is a liar. She knows she's lying. She's just trying to keep him off because that'll stop them from being able to kill our baby and get rid of this this um, uh, Roe v. Wade crap because we're going to get more Republicans on Supreme Court. So they have to stop him because it stops their diet, their food. So they, they, they are fighting to eat or be free to kill our people and just eat us. And they got us killing ourselves by going to the abortion clinics. So that's why we got to get Kavanaugh on. And if, and if we don't get Kavanaugh on, we got to come, y'all got to stop being afraid of these Canaanites like Deuteronomy chapter 7 said. When you go into the land of the Canaanites to possess it, don't make friends with them. Don't try to marry their daughters. Right. Don't make covenants with them. You utterly destroy them. Don't fear them, for I, the Lord God, Yahweh, is with you, a mighty God and terrible. And if you don't do it, they're going to turn around and teach your children, and they're going to rebel against you, and the Lord Yahweh will curse us. Guess what? We're under the curse, because we're not wiping them out. We're supposed to beat the hell out of them. We're so busy trying to make friends with them that they're just beating our ass. And that's because God bless, you Mike, and you Mike, have to be Mike. Well, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. well said, Mike. God, God bless you. Stay on the line. I want to get some thoughts. Wow, that was a lot. But the, you know, Mike made some really good points. I'm sure you know there's some people that want to respond. I'm going to go to Minnesota real quick. Minnesota, you want to respond to Blacks for Trump? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, to to the brother and everyone on the line. I, I'm a former, you know, Black Democrat myself. And I voted for Obama, but black now I voted for Trump. I, I was a former black yes. Democrat. Okay, yes, sir. Nice to meet you, sir. And, yeah, no, and God bless you. God bless you. I've seen you on TV, and I just want to say to keep doing the good work. And, you know, like you said, I know a lot of people, my whole family voted for Trump. Everyone I know now, they, they wow. came around and voted for Trump. We're praying for the guy. You know, I know everyone in our church has been praying for him, so we – you know, I just want to let you know that there's a movement in this country of people that are getting behind them, and they realize that the Democrats are liars, and that they're, they're, they're just a bunch of socialists that want to destroy our country. So, you know, we're with you, and we're all right. on board, and everyone just, everyone just got to show up in these midterm elections. I don't care who you are. You need to show up. You got to tell your family, your friends, everybody that you know at work that's pro-Trump. You got to tell them, we need you at these midterms. We need a red wave so that we can keep this. Trump agenda going forward. So that's all I got to say. Thank you all, and you guys have a Thank good you, night. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you, sir. And y'all, please yeah, get out here and vote because if you don't, they're going to impeach Trump and they're going to kill blacks for Trump. They're going to murder me. They're wiping me out right now. I'm I'm completely wiped out economically. They wiped me out. They've t- yeah. taken everything. Hey, real quick, I want to I, I get, get in a fight. Real, real quick, Valerie, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. Um, I mean, I think that because Trump has created so many jobs, 
Um, yes. You know, I think that it seems, and you guys, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like he's he's convinced many American black Americans that you know they've been following the wrong party for a while. And I think right. because he got them, he's gotten job, he got jobs for a lot of people that were looking during the Obama years and didn't have anything. Now he's proved himself by through his actions. Right. And yeah. um, I, I, it seems to me that that the black Americans are going to stay with him um, mm-hmm. because they're much happier now than they were during the last administration, and that's pretty much the yard, the yardstick that people use to make a decision. Right, Dan Perkins. Correct. Well, I was just—I've been listening to this conversation all evening, and and um, it, it really is a. Um, a sad state of affairs when after 250 plus years we still are racially divided as a nation. No matter how much we say, no matter how many amendments we've passed, we still have a great racial divide in this country. And I think that um, we have to hand that divide directly to the hands of the Democratic Party. Right, and I could I could trace the chronology, and I'm not going to waste the time of the show tonight to do that. But but at all the twists and turns from the beginning of the Civil War, through Reconstruction, through the Ku Klux Klan, all the way up until uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Democrats were the obstructionists, the Republicans were the freedom fighters, and and right. um, um, we have stayed that way. Um, I thought we had made some prog- some progress in uh, in uh, Bush 41 and Bush 43, but we lost an no. awful lot of progress under Barack Obama. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at what <clears throat> Barack Obama is the greatest divider. He divided this country more than any president ever. I mean, our country has never been more divided. You know, it's, it's pretty disgusting. Um, you know, I the only thing, and I say this all the time, the way Barack Hussein Osama, um, you know, got so many people to vote for him was because he was a great speaker. He could fool a lot of people with his slick words and his style and, you know, just how clever he was. That was the one thing he was good at, was speaking. I will give him credit for that. Strong Strong um, You know, it, it, and that's the problem. You know, that was the problem. I mean, he, he convinced a lot of people and, you know, led people the wrong way. I mean, it's, it's scary stuff. Um, Josh, go ahead. But can I just jump in real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Dan, go ahead. It just dawned on me that we've been talking about a racial divide. And that's true, but we've we've yeah. subdivided our country again. We've now we've we've gone black versus white. Yeah. And now we're going men against women. Yeah. So yeah. we've quartered our country. Quartered our country. And it, when you've got yeah. ra- races divided and and human beings dis- divided based on sex, your country's in serious serious trouble. And that's the oh, one never that I, that I see. I see that that this 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 new divide between men and women, when men are demeaned of not being worth anything, 
and and the, the the professor from Georgetown who put out yeah. a tweet huh? that all, all white men should should be butchered and and castrated and their testicles served to the hogs. Um, uh, and and Maisie from Hawaii, all men should just shut up. We're clearly they're clearly drawing the lines based on sex between men and women. And if Valerie, are you still here? I'm here. I'm listening. I want to know what you think about that. Pardon? I think you made a great point. The thing is, though, like if you're if we're divided in so many different ways, you know, and we're not on one side. Then it brings us back together. Well, like for example, I'm a woman, but I'm I don't I don't think that just because I'm a woman means that I have to be on the woman's side to say that all men are, you know, sexual predators. I mean, I think you know it's ridiculous. This is each side. It, it's not an all or one um, argument. Well, you see what I'm you're saying? Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, no, but so yeah, my my oh, Valerie, oh, Dan. Valerie, okay. can I challenge you on that one? Sure. Can I challenge yeah, you? On, okay, because I, I I hear what you're saying, Valerie, and and you're obviously a very smart woman. You got four boys. I got four boys, so you know we got almost a baseball team. Uh, but, but <laughs> and who's con- fighting for those boys? I am. I am. Me too, and that's um, it. We're on the same side. We're on the same team, but 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 I I do believe, and I I'm probably going to get in a whole lot of trouble for this, but it seems to me that that there is a greater degree of sisterhood with women than there is brotherhood with men. I agree, and I think that there, I think that there are women who will who will agree uh, of of what should be done to 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 Mr. Kavanaugh even though they're not as politically active as, say, Democrats are. I think it's been my experience that women sometimes can be more influenced than men, and, and, and except when it comes to sex, then women can just influence the hell out of men. But um, <laughs> Yes, thank you. That's the power, That's the power that you have. That's why. Just, hey, when remember, remember, everybody's got to remember something. If they got, if they got the pussy, they got the power. Oh my God, he said the word. Wow. What? Well, that's not where I was headed. But what, what I'm saying is that, it, <laughs> it had, I mean, it started with Adam and Eve. I mean, she, uh, she, she tempted him with an apple and, and more. But, but my point is, is that I, I do think that there are that, – that women are more uh, sisterhoods than men are brotherhoods. And that, that, that women uh, – I've seen it in my practice for 40-some years. If a, if a woman loses her husband, she has a much better support group than if a husband loses a wife. It's just Agreed. the nature of who they are. And they tend to I, I agree. Si- think in similar ways is what I'm saying. I agree. And, uh, but, and that I think that, but how does that equate with with politics and with you know feeling like you know, men are predators? I mean, I think 
yeah, we, we relate to each other, but that doesn't necessarily mean we have one side or the other on the politics. Well, well all if, we have if, to... if, if we had, the day after President Trump was elected, if in fact we had 450,000 Democratic women in, the, in Washington, D.C., and had hundreds of thousands of women all over the country protesting, there was a sisterhood there. And I don't think that they were all necessarily Democrats. I understand that you and some of your friends couldn't get into the Washington meeting. But what I'm saying well, I is I don't, think it's just, I don't think it's just Democrats. I think that there is a, a higher power that influences women that doesn't influence men. And I don't mean it in a negative way. They're, they're constructed no, different. And, and, and they you. think differently. I mean, I see the difference I between you, from I my. Go, I mean, it's one thing if I want to, you know, have a a march to to celebrate women. It's another thing if I'm gonna, you know, be against Trump. So I don't think there were a lot of women no at point. that march that were there because they were women. If they liked Trump, right? I mean, I think yeah, you, this was a rally You're talking about Donald two Trump. different issues. One is that women um, relate very well, and then a lot of it has to do with emotion. And secondly, um, is the political side. And I don't, I don't see the correlation between the two because, you know, for example, like, you know, I, I try to choose my – I have a lot of women friends, and we talk about emotional issues, and that does bring us together. But on the other hand, if I'm talking about politics, I'm not going to use my emotion to make that decision. I'm going to use my intellect to figure out, does this person, whoever it is, um, have the same kind of policies that I think are good for the United States? But I, would, so I don't I see would the correlation. You, if, 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 well, let me try and help you. If, if we just look at last week, who were, who were the people in Washington, D.C., who were the most vocal, the most uh, abusive against Judge Kavanaugh. Were it the was Democratic it women, women se- Democrat, Democratic, Democratic women, women, senators and congressmen, but not yes. anywhere, nowhere near. They were, they were, the men were nowhere near the 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 uh, insulting and prejudice statements that everybody from Gillibrand to 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 uh, Feinstein from California and on and on right. and on, the women were much more outspoken, more vile, more emotional uh, about this particular issue uh, than the men were. What does that say about the difference? What I agree. What does that say about the difference? Terrible, because they were using their emotion instead of their intellect. And if they yeah. used their intellect, they would have seen that there wasn't a shred of evidence against um, Judge Kavanaugh. And they would have yeah. no right to be able to say what they said. But what they did was they used their emotion and they said, well, if I was that woman who, who was, um, you know, who, who was a- attacked, this is how I would feel. And so it must be him. And that's just not but logical. Valerie, Valerie look, at, look, at, look at what else happened. Try and finish the this eleven. Finish this the eleven real quick. The eleven white. What? I'm sorry. I said try and finish up this little conversation real quick. We got to move oh, on. Okay. Sorry. 
They don't know what I was talking about. Sorry, go ahead, Roy. Say no, go ahead. real quick, Dan. No, no, Dan, Dan, finish it up. You're okay. Just a minute more. I hear just what you're your saying. Point. I go ahead, Dan. I'm just, I'm just saying. Look at what happened. We had 11 white men, 11 Republicans, who hired a a, a woman to do their questioning. Right. They, that and was it, smart. I don't know that it was smart. I don't know that it was smart. I think it was smart because no matter what those guys say when they're cross-examining or when they're asking questions of a woman who who has had a terrible experience with a man, they're going to lose. So to have a woman do do this questioning for them takes away all of that lose-lose situation. Okay, but, but Valerie, I have to ask you a question. Why did the 11 men have to lose? If they're because in the pursuit of men, truth, the why do they have to? The woman, if the men were questioning the woman, um, they would look like they're attacking her no matter what they say. It's going to be wrong. Okay. All right. Thank you. Do you disagree? Because we fear them. We fear them. Um, and we don't have Josh, to be afraid go ahead. because we have the numbers. Yeah, you know, real quick, because I know we want to shift to a set, you know, the next segment, but I... – Boy, you know, I that that whole that thread of conversation was very intriguing to me. Especially, I don't I don't really know who of which of you to agree with because I feel like I feel like both of you have shred, You know, I think both of you are very close to hitting the nail, uh, you know, on on the on the head there. I guess the way the way I would break it down is especially when we're talking about the whole issue in general. It's a really depressing thing, especially in this country right now, that a woman's opinion matters more in some instances than a man's, a man's opinion, and a man's opinion matters more in some instances than a woman's opinion. Uh, and it's more of the women's opinion that matters across the board. The fact that that's a case at all is, is a pretty poor um, you know, way of going about a conversation. Both opinions should matter equally, and the only thing that should change either of an opinion mattering more or not is expertise or knowledge on a subject. It doesn't. It shouldn't matter what color your skin is, what sex you are. If you're if you're a purple people eater, if you're knowledgeable on a stinking subject, you should be able to speak on it and not have to play the political BS that we have. Uh, in this Kavanaugh hearing and, you know, in the mainstream media and in our country today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, well said. Um, I, 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 too, Al Razuli, your thoughts. I can't disagree with any of them. Dan has got his points and brother has got her points, but the, there is no question that the attitude of women currently in United States of America, especially those who vote for Democrats, is vile, is beneath contempt. And there is nothing to add to it. It's really, that's exactly what it is. But if enough Americans wake up to this fact, if enough American women wake up to the fact that this, what's happening is a, it's not a trial, it's an inquisition, Nazi style, literally, against Kavanaugh. It's illegal, it's immoral, it's unjust, and if enough of them will wake up to this fact and vote in November, the Democrats will not be elected maybe for the next 20 years. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
Well, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I agree with you. I agree, and you want to hear something sick. I'll, I'll let you go ahead in a second, Valerie, but I want to say something real quick. The supporters uh, on the left have raised nearly a half a million dollars for Dr. Ford. I mean, this is how disgusting and sickening our society has become. And, you know, go ahead, Valerie, though. Sorry. I was just going to say that I think it will backfire because of of the vile attitude that the women have had. I agree. And I think when, like you said, when the votes come down to it, I mean, anybody that that has been watching that quote-unquote trial, which was really supposed to be a job interview, um, you know, saw how how horribly um, Judge Kavanaugh was treated. And I think Dianne Feinstein was the beginning of, you know, she was leading the way. And you right. know, I hope that she'll see when you know during election time that that the people just right. this is not the way our country is supposed to go. No, it's and not wrong. It's not wrong. Women, women that talk like right. that and do that kind of stuff, yeah. they're weak. Yeah, no, I hear, I hear you absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, I just want to say quickly before I get going. Um, uh, Steve Bannon actually uploaded a new movie, uh, a new Trump movie on YouTube. It's called uh, Trump at War. And for anyone who wants to watch it, it's, it's on the uh, YouTube channel, Western Journal. It just came out a couple of days ago, but I just saw it. It's really, really well made, and uh, it's top quality. And it's really about you know Trump, the campaign, and all about the midterms, what we need to look forward to. And it features a lot of good people on it. So if anyone gets time and you know, you're know you bored, it's worth checking out. It's called Trump at War. And again, it's on the Western Journal YouTube channel. Nice man, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I like, uh, it sounds, it sounds good, um, um, but yeah, absolutely, and you stay on the line if you'd like. Um, we're gonna switch segments, um, but uh, you know, uh, you're you're absolutely right, Valerie. I mean, this is Valerie. This is crazy what we're dealing with right now. Um, you know, I mean, there's all of the this hate and this anger, and you know, this guy. Uh, I mean, they're they ruined. Brett Kavanaugh's, you know, life. I mean, they, they've destroyed his reputation in, in every way possible. I mean, it's sad. It's sickening. And, you know, now you, now you have, you know, new reports out of, you know, there's, this, this is just crazy. You know, Tinder's joining all the big tech trying to influence the midterms. As people know, Tinder is one of the most used dating apps and one of the most used apps on the market, and they are now influencing the midterms, as well as Michael Bloomberg just gave $100 million uh, uh, donations uh, to secure gun control Congress. So, Michael, and I mean, and, you know, you have all these different people from the left, especially it's dangerous when you have all these tech companies that are influencing uh, our elections, um, especially something like Tinder that uh, is used by, Jesus, the entire world. I mean, everybody uses it. I mean, it's the most. It's one of the most common things these days. Um, but gee, I, I, I can't even. I, I can't even believe how crazy it's gotten. I mean, how how much just every little inch they get more and more uh, places that they can influence and put shit out and propaganda, and that's scary because think about what everybody does with their devices. All they do is uh, get information from their phone these days. You know, they that's where it's all at. And, uh, oh, my God. I mean, you know, Tinder, you got Google, you got YouTube, you got all of these big tech companies that are 
totally leading us the wrong way. Scary stuff. Um, IQ Al-Razuli, what do you think about that? You're absolutely right. What you have is mind control. Uh, Orwellian, 1984. But instead of the government doing it, Instead of the government doing it to the people, it's in fact the news media. And I always repeatedly said, the news media in the West, which is in Europe and America, they are not only fake. They are literally the enemies of the people. Literally, the enemies of the people. They never tell the truth. And, And I use the word never as true. They never tell the truth. No, they are the enemies. No, they don't. No, they don't, and it's it's scary. It's scary, and uh, you know, Josh, go ahead. You know what uh, what Rizzoli just said was absolutely true. The fact that they never tell the truth, and this is you know, this is one of the reasons why when you hear Republicans who say that they like Trump's policy, but they don't like you know that he's always tweeting and whatnot. Well, if he wasn't tweeting, and you know. Um, um, Dan said this earlier on the show. If he wasn't tweeting, who else would be in his corner defending him? There's no one else. I mean, Fox News some of the time. But no one yeah. is, is a better defender of Trump than Trump himself. If Trump didn't have Twitter and didn't have this area to you know, communicate directly to the people, what, he what on earth would have happened? He would not have won. No, absolutely. So, I mean, it's going to, and it's going to help. I believe it's going to help in the midterms coming up and it's definitely going to help when he runs again uh, in 2020. 100%. Um, You know, Dan, I know you have a lot of thoughts about this. You've written about big tech and the, you know, how what Trump does is a, is a magic tool, his Twitter. Uh, Go ahead, Dan. I want you to speak on this. I think that that we're, we're seeing, uh, uh, Interesting, because I'm a money manager, uh, yeah. I look at things perhaps a little differently than other people do, only because right. of my training and 45 years of experience. Um, I watched what happened to Facebook. I watched the stock go from 127 to 260. Then it sold off 25%, and it recovered, and everybody thought it was a great situation down to $160 and falling. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. They had a problem last week with 50 million customer records that were hacked. And so they've right. gone through a series of situations where they were so arrogant, and that's the right word, so arrogant about what they were doing that they were the gods, they were the special people. As many yeah. other people in the Silicon Valley have, have thought about themselves as being yeah. Exceptional and and having a responsibility to make the world right. What's happening right. is that their empires are falling, collapsing around them. I wrote, and right. you might remember this, um, Roy, when I was banned from Facebook. One of the comments, yep. one of the articles, the commentaries I wrote was, I felt that Facebook should come under the Sherman Antitrust Act and be broken up. Donald Trump two weeks ago began to look at the big tech and say maybe they need to be broken up. Maybe they should be. Maybe they're in violation of Sherman Antitrust. Um, when you have that much power concentrated in people with no supervision, uh, you have a very very difficult situation. And when when they openly arrogantly 
arrogantly, it's a very important word, when they arrogantly say to the world that we're coming together in a summit to decide about the midterms, they're right. talking about what they're going to do to influence the outcome of the midterms. Um, yeah. That is very dangerous. Yeah. Just think about it. These people that use these devices, you know, they're, they're, there's older generations, but I'm talking about not the devices in particular. I'm talking about the apps, like, these, like for example, what Tinder's doing right now with trying to influence the midterms. You know, a lot of young people on Tinder that don't necessarily watch the news and what's going, know what's going on, and, you know, they, they are, have a lot of liberal-oriented views because that's what their friends are doing, that's what's going on on the college campuses. It's, it's, it, there's, there's some scary influencing right there. I mean, you, and, you know, that's just one of many. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of, you know, what the tech world, how it's influencing and leading people the wrong way. And it's, it's frightening because tech is the new uh, future. I mean, all we do is tech these days. I mean, we, nobody sits down and reads a newspaper anymore. I mean, right, everybody gets their information on their phone. Um, Valerie, go ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, we, the news was all back in my day, years and years and years ago, it was all Democrat. There was no Republican news. Right. And then some Republicans got together and said, okay, this isn't good. We gotta, we've got to make competition here. And then we got yep. Rush Limbaugh and a bunch of shows, right? And then on the, on the radio, we're not so bad. On TV, it's not so good. But, but then you hear people like Glenn Beck who say, okay, I'm going to start um, – Hollywood, I'm going to have a bunch of new, uh, a bunch of um, movies that are more right-leaning to, to combat the, less, the left-leaning movies, right? So why can't we do the same thing with big tech? Why can't other uh, entrepreneurs come up with a bunch of other kinds of uh, big tech to do these news, and it'll be leaning right? Yeah, but, but Valerie, let me help you with that from a, from a money standpoint. When I wrote when I wrote the first book in my trilogy on, on uh, Islamic terrorism, I talked yeah. about five different ways the terrorists could attack the the United States, and one of those attacks was the internet infrastructure in the United States, and more specifically the cloud. Yeah. At mm-hmm. that time, in in two thousand in two thousand and twelve, at that time, Facebook alone had three. Hundred thousand blade servers. It is almost impossible, Valerie. Wow! For anybody to come into the marketplace wow. because of the money that that they have spent in building yep. market share over time, you you could not afford to go in. I mean, Valerie, if you had to buy another, if you had to buy three hundred thousand blade servers. Because you wanted to compete with Facebook, you'd have to have three hundred thousand servers the first day. The amount of money yeah, that it would cost to tr- it's prohibitive. It's prohibitive. I so the only way you get a, that, the only way you. I was, I just let me finish. The the the, the, yeah. the way you handle the situation is by Sherman Antitrust. You break them down yeah. into smaller yeah. components. That's, that's exactly. So That's my point, though, is that this is done by emotion, 
right? People, do what they, how they use these these um, tools, our emotion, and that's the way to to bring it down as well. That's the way it came up, right. and that's the way it's coming down. Right. And, so and if you, as if you that break happens, them up, that gives room, like you said, that gives room for to take away the monopoly. That gives room for other companies to come in with different uh, views, point of view. Point You're of right. View. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Dan, you know what I really want to, you know, and, and, I, and real quick before I finish this up, because we, we, um, we do have a few more segments. You know, I, I do know that these tech people are going to be going testifying uh, more and more. Um, there's stuff coming up. But there definitely uh, needs to be, you know, certain regulations and stuff put on Facebook in regards to that they can't ban people and they can't pick and choose what speech and what they want on there. It's a big problem, and we're going to have to figure that out, and I think we will because Trump's already talking about looking into, uh, you know, that situation. But what I'm really excited about today and what I really want to talk about is Trump – Getting rid of the worst trade deal of all time, NAFTA. Getting rid of it. Navy stuff. Really is. Fantastic. Um, let, me, let, me, let me, this is my wheelhouse. Let me remind you of something that I said on your show yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I said that if we get the European Union, Canada, Mexico, South yep. Korea, and Japan yep. to capitulate and, and create a whole new trade structure, China will have no choice because all of those countries are major trading partners for, for, for China. And I, I made a prediction, if you remember this, that if China comes in and cuts their tariffs, yep, the third quarter G, the third quarter GDP in 2019 will be six percent. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. That's what's going to happen, and you're going to create an enormous amount of jobs all over the world, and you're going to have open and free trade. Economies are going to expand, and we're going to benefit because we're already the largest economy in the world. And Trump will get all the credit for it. Which will help the election. He won't. He won't. He won't he's, they haven't done anything in the news media about the fact that 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 uh, Canada came in on Sunday. I mean, yeah, there's been very little discussion about it in the news media. They don't want to give it's him credit. He's he's doing things that the Democrats said they were going to do, but were never able to accomplish, and several Republicans said they were going to do and couldn't accomplish. And there are two things. The, here's, the, here's the real issue about the elimination of NAFTA. NAFTA was the first step into globalism. And NAFTA made the American government subject to the World Trade Organization. That's where we got started on this journey of globalism and America being like everybody else, not being exceptional. And so the deep state in Washington, D.C. had a lot of ownership interest in NAFTA, and Trump blew it apart in less than two years. And he got 
Mexico and Canada by the fact that they're signing a new agreement that they, in fact, were screwing the American people for decades. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's one of those things where, you know, we finally are, I mean, it's, this is this is phenomenal. I mean, this totally put, puts you know with with getting rid of you know NAFTA and, and the China coming through and you know finally budging with their tariffs and you know Canada caving in. I mean, we always I, I predicted it. I mean, I knew they would. And um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's getting better and better every day. Every day, Trump's delivering on a new promise. And you know this this new trade deal totally uh, dismisses and gets rid of, uh, you know, or at least, you know, it it starts the process of abolishing globalism. I mean, this is the first step. Right. And and what's not, what nobody's talking about is the fact that, that Canada came in Sunday night. Yesterday, China dropped dropped a bunch of their trade tariffs within 24 yeah. hours of, of, of because they realized as we said they need us Canada, more than we need Mexico, them yes they need us and when when all their major trading partners were agreeing with the United States it was going to be very hard for China to be an outlier right. because they they need right. us right no you're absolutely right and you know um we do have a few minutes left, but I do want to get your thoughts, Josh, on this. I know you want to speak on this. Yeah, you know, you know, I'll I'll be honest. This isn't one of my expertise, uh, you know, areas of expertise. So I, I'd honestly be more interested to see what the other people had to say about it. You know, I'm, this is one of the things I, I like okay. to learn about. Uh, I don't know a whole I, lot yeah, about Paris and whatnot. Your so. <laughs> no worries. I Q L Rizzoli, you there? Oh yeah, yeah. No, Your I, again, Dan Dan does the research. This is beyond my <laughs> intellectual capacity. But whatever. How about you? Doing, how about you, Valerie? Any thought? Any thoughts on this? So, yeah, no, I agree about NAFTA. I mean, I was actually working in Congress when this was negotiated, and I remember the whole area of uh, environmentalism. You know, the, the left was all um, up in arms with. Um, you know, the that, you know, a lot of these factories were hurting the environment and then they were up in arms about uh, the print, the amount of money that are, is, you know, that the people do not make in Mexico that they should have been making and it wasn't fair and all of these things. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's incredible what, 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 um, what Trump has been able to do in such an incredibly short period of time. And with regard to China, um, you know, I think we're very in, interdependent, and um, I think they, they like, like Dan said, they felt the pressure to make a change because everybody else was doing it, and I think that's what Trump is good at. He uses the same technique everywhere he goes. He intimidates people until they feel like they have no choice, and it seems to be working in the trade area as well as other areas. I mean, Keep in mind that, that – You go ahead, Dan. Keep in mind that the export business from China to the United States is 6% of the total gross domestic product of the country of China. 
in one country with us. So we're not on we're not equal partners. We only import we export to China about 100 billion. They export to us about 600 billion. Our export business to China is worth less than one half of 1% of GDP in the in the United States. So clearly the United States is much more important to China than China is to the United States. Yeah. Yes, wow. and they realize that. I agree financially, but I think there's so many other areas that we're interdependent that you know it's not it's not black and white. It's it's all gray. But I hear you, and mm. I, I don't dispute your your statistics. Thank you. And let's yeah, and let's face let's face the facts here. When Bill Clinton came out with this, you know, it did well for a while, but you know, we all knew in the long term it was going to fail. We all knew, you know, this was a, and he even knew himself it was a long-term failure. And, uh, you know, there's, you can always get results on certain things in the short term to fool everyone. But uh, we've seen in the long term how many jobs have left our country and how much business has gone overseas and how much money uh, has left and, and, and gone, you know, elsewhere. I mean, it's, it's sad because we've lost a lot of wealth uh, because of NAFTA. And uh, abolishing it uh, saves our economy in so many different ways. Um, you know, we we can. I mean, this is just another amazing uh, success to cross off the list, and you know, uh, be very happy about. It. I mean, we. Uh, this is big. I mean, a lot of people. You know, people are talking about it, but uh, I, I don't think certain people are making a big enough of a big deal about it because, I mean, this is. Wow. I mean, you, you really look at getting rid of – finally getting rid of NAFTA. Incredible. Absolutely uh, incredible. And if you, th- if, you th- if you think about it, Roy, you may not be old enough to remember that NAFTA was put in uh, with Bill Clinton. But do you remember yeah, course, that yeah, when, he ran for pre- yeah, he when, he, when he ran for president, when he ran for president, he did not get 50 percent of the vote because there was a three-way – Race between him and Ross Perot, and do you remember the yeah. famous quote from Ross Perot about NAFTA? That great big sucking noise that was coming south <laughs> of the border, sucking American jobs out of the yep. country. Yep. Yeah. And then yep. he You're lost. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, I want to. We, we we do have to close out. Um, I do want to say though. Um, I want to pray. I want. I want to say a prayer and thank God that um, you know every everybody is all right uh, because Secret Service intercepted a package today with with suspected ricin uh, addressed to President Trump. Uh, so we have all of these dangerous poison uh, and different stuff getting sent to uh, our president, and this has happened multiple times. There's been stuff sent to his family, powder and shit. I mean, this is, this stuff has got to stop. And you know what? Uh, I want to give much credit to Secret Service and everybody that's law enforcement that, that's looked out for this because uh, they've done a hell of a job. But, uh, you know, this is scary but stuff. Rory, but thank God that no, nobody was hurt. Did you hear that two people from Ted Cruz's office in Texas were rushed to the hospital? Yes, yeah, yes I heard that. Yeah, yes from the same too. thing. It was the same thing. Yes, and then this is this is scary. Yeah, and 
you know, they're, they're, uh, they're having to deal with it. And, you know, I know they're going to take extra uh, protocol and that, uh, you know, definitely uh, address this. This is not, this is starting to become uh, a scary thing, but uh, yeah. Uh, so thank God for that. Um, and also Trump announced that he will reject migrants who can't speak English. Great. We, we, we need people in this country that can only speak our language. Because we can't, you know, if we go to other countries and don't understand them, that's not our problem. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, no, I mean, it is our problem. If we go to other countries and can't understand uh, the other people, uh, you know, and just like, you know, having people in the U.S. that can't speak English, I think it is, I think it's good protocol. I think that's the right thing by the Trump administration. Um, but uh, starting out with IQ Al Razuli, uh, thank you, sir, for coming on the show. I'm going to have you back on next week. Uh, promote anything you want. Um, political activist, political strategist, best-selling author. Pr- um, your book, where can people find it? Thank you for having me. And it was a pleasure being with Valerie and Dan and the, the pastor. The pastor needs a mega church. He really deserves mm-hmm. a mega church. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, th- well, thank you. And where, where's your book? Where can people find your book? Uh, on Amazon, all you have to do is Google my name, Al Rasuli, A L R A S O L I, and everything is there Perfect. for free. Sounds God good, bless my you friend. All. You take uh, care. Bye bye. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Um, Dan Perkins, uh, they can find you on danperkins.guru, correct? And on your site. Absolutely, yeah, we're going to be uh, we're doing that, uh, the Next Gen USA. It is uh, ready to go. Uh, or, but, uh, but, Dan, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, sir. Uh, Dan Perkins, everybody, a great friend of the show and uh, always a great guest. Thank you, Dan. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Bye. All right, have a good night. Valerie, go ahead, promote your book, where people can find your book real quick. So my book is backyardjihad.com. Um, on Amazon.com and quick, if it's okay, Rory, I wanted to. I just wanted to plug um, my my uh, security company, SkyRaceSecurity.com. Perfect. Say it one more time. SkyRaceSecurity.com. Perfect. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram if you so desire. At J O S H H L A V is in Victor A T Y. Excellent. You can follow me on all my social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Visit RorySodder.tv. Also visit GetYourAppBuilt.com. Again, that's GetYourAppBuilt.com. You can also visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Again, that's TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Guys, thank you for tuning in tonight. I want to thank all my special guests, my co-hosts, um, the audience, my sponsors. Um, it's been amazing. We have another great show for you tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait for it. Um, have a blessed night, everybody. Cheers. Mm-hmm.